I'm going to stay in the same vein that I've been in for the last few weeks of the last week. And we're going to journey into Exodus one more time. We're going to start off in Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. I actually read this at the end of service Sunday morning. I believe the Lord was in the house in a mighty way on Sunday morning. And God, I believe, touched lives, challenged lives, encouraged lives. And I want to challenge you this evening and encourage you as well. But Exodus chapter 3 bush, And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt, and I have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, and I know their sorrow. Turn to your neighbor real quick and say, God knows. And I am come down to deliver them. Somebody say Amen out of the hand of the Egyptians to bring them up out of the land unto a good land and a large and, and unto a land flowing with milk and honey and unto a place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Persiites, the Hivites and the Jebusites and all the other ites. Now therefore... Behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me, and I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppress them. Come now, therefore, and this is God speaking to Moses, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Moses said unto God, Who am I? that I should go unto Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt. And he said, certainly I will be with thee and this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. And when thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, ye shall serve God upon this mountain. Let us pray. God, we come before you. We thank you for who you are and what you mean to us. We thank you, Lord God, for your presence here on Sunday. But God, I ask that that same presence, that same anointing be in the house this evening because I believe you've given me a word. Lord, I, I believe you've given me a word for this evening to challenge and to encourage the people of God once more tonight. And Lord, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. As I said in my prayer, I feel like I have a word for for you tonight, and hopefully at the end of this message, you won't ask me to give it back. All right? So we see here that we know the children of Israel are in bondage in Egypt. They've been there for 400 years. 
We preached Sunday morning about how the Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, knew that the children of Israel were mightier than them. And so they tricked them and uh, they connived and they shrewdly devised a plan to attack them and to convince them that they were not able to overcome their bondage. All right, we talked about that Sunday. But now, in chapter 2, what we have is the story of Moses and his mother placing him in the Nile River, him being found by an Egyptian princess and being adopted into the Egyptian household. We also find that in chapter 2, he would go on to murder a fellow Egyptian and try to, because he was a man of both cultures, he was raised as an Egyptian but born as a Hebrew, and and, and he, he kills an Egyptian and that is harming a Hebrew slave. And he, he, the Pharaoh, the king, is after his life and he flees into the wilderness. He finds uh, Jethro and his family, a priest of Midian, and he settles down with him. He becomes a shepherd. And while he's shepherding his flock, uh, he sees the burning bush and he begins to walk towards it, thus bringing us our scripture tonight where God says, Listen, I understand what the people of God are going through. And I, I want to establish this tonight. I know that there is, and this is not a new fact, there, this nation has gone crazy. And there is so much division. There are so many things happening, not only in the physical, but what happens in the physical, I believe, is a, deep, uh, is a deep reflection of what's going on spiritually. And I believe that there are, are principalities and powers of this world that are truly trying to tear this nation apart. The most evangelistic nation that has ever been on the face of the earth tried to tear this nation apart. But I want you to know, just as God stated to Moses, uh, that he is aware of the afflictions that his people are going through. God knows the trials and the tribulations that you're in. The Bible tells us that, that Jesus told his disciples, listen, I'll be with you always, uh, even until the end of the age. It doesn't matter if you're on the mountaintop. It doesn't matter if you're in the valley. It doesn't matter if your bills are paid or you feel like your bills won't be paid. It doesn't matter what's going on on the surface. No this, uh, that God is working all things for the good of them that are called uh, according to his purpose. I believe uh, that, that God knows where we are as a nation. I believe that he is not surprised uh, by what's going on. We, that, that is a fact. I believe most, uh, if not all people under the sound of my voice tonight understand this. Uh, but I want you to understand uh, something else in this scripture that just stood out to me. And it says in verse 8, and I want you to catch this. He says, I have come to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. This is God, and I, I exhorted a little bit on this Sunday, but this is God stepping down into the situation, Brother Garrett, and he's saying, I'm going to deliver you. Amen. That was a great place for you to say amen. I'm going to deliver you. All right, I'm going to step down in the situation and I'm going to give you things that I've promised you. He goes on to tell the children of Israel and remind Moses of the covenant that he, give, he had given to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that they would dwell in the land that we know it now as Israel and they would flourish and they would prosper and that through them one day would come a Savior, a Messiah that would bring the world a, a, a redemption. But, but, but what I want you to understand here tonight is God saying, I'm going to come down and deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. 
But in verse 10, I want you to catch this. But come now, therefore, and I will send, and he's talking to Moses, I will send thee, I will send you to Pharaoh. Okay, so we have in verse number eight, God's saying, I'm going to come down and I'm going to deliver the people. But now in verse 10, he's saying, but I'm going to send you, Moses, to Pharaoh. What I want to preach to you tonight is my title is Action is Required. Action is Required. So often we, we misunderstand and we misread God. And I, I want you to understand that, that we, we believe that God can come into situations. I believe that God can come into situations. And, and I believe that God can miraculously, miraculously heal people. But for healing to take place, there has to be faith. And faith uh, is an action. There is action required of the people of God. So often I believe we hear prophecy and we hear God say that he's going to do this and he's going to do that. And I want you to understand that prophecy is oftentimes very conditional. The Bible tells us in 2 Chronicles 7, 14, and I've spoke about it many times from this platform, that he says that, that he'll heal our land, right, in that portion of Scripture. But he also says, if my people... I'll heal your land if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked way. What he's saying is I will bring healing if there is repentance and a sincerity of heart. See, it's conditional. Action is required. I, 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 I live in a, in a professional world where I'm, I'm bombarded by emails and phone calls all day long, and, and that's fine. I, I really like what I do, but oftentimes, Brother Keaton, I'll get an email that says, your action is required. We need to know when this order will be there. We need to know if you, we need you to confirm that you have received this purchase order. We need to confirm that this has been done in the proper way. And, and I get these emails all the time, but I want you to know tonight that we talked about how the devil knows how, the devil knows what God is calling us to, that the devil himself has faith in the calling of, on your life. That's why he tries to come and prevent you from stepping into that. But I want you to hear me tonight uh, that God said, I want to come down uh, in this situation uh, and I want to use my power to deliver the people, uh, but I still need a deliverer. God's saying, I still want to do something in this nation. I still want to do something, young people in your generation. And he says, I have the power. I have the ability. I have the capability. I have everything that you need to get this done. I just need someone to step up and say, here am I, Lord. Use me. Send me wherever you go. Wherever you ask me to go, I'll go. But we see here in this passage... God comes down and he says, I'm going to send you. And the next verse we find, Moses says, but I mean, who am I? Does that sound like any of us? Oh, I need you to pray for that person. Oh, who am I? I need you to lay hands on that person and pray for them. Who am I, God? I, I, don't, I don't understand. We, listen, I, I, I've been there. 
I have been there. I, I, have, I have listened and heard and, and, and felt the urgency of God prodding me to do something and just say, well, that's just, uh, that's a little too far for me. Or, or that's just not, this is, this is one thing I, I, I really, it really bothers me. And this is a personal thing is when people say, well, that's just not my, my, my personality. Listen, I want you to know that me preaching is really not my personality. I never thought I would be doing this. Uh, me worshiping and exhorting. Uh, I, my mom, I, I remember getting in trouble because my mom be like, come and sing. And I said, no. She'd be like, you don't tell me no. Because I, I allowed God to say, uh, when he came in and he said, I have something for you. I have a call. I have an anointing on your life. I, I, I want to stretch you. I want to mold you. I want to make you. That I found, uh, I got to a place in my life where, where God said, your action is required. How are you going to respond when everything's not going your way? How are you going to respond when the world is crumbling around you? How are you going to respond when you lose someone you love? How are you going to respond? How are you going to act when you don't feel like worshiping are you going to worship anyway or how are you going your action is required because God's saying I want to use your life you're a vessel that I have need of I want to be a deliverer but I need someone to step into my deliverance and operate in it I want to be a healer but I need someone that will lay hands on the sick and see them recover I want to be a savior but I need someone that will go out and tell somebody that Jesus is still a savior he's saying I still want revival but I need somebody that will lay their life down on the altar of sacrifice that I can revive them with my spirit bring them back to a newness of life that they've never known before what he's saying is there's action required I'm willing I'm wanting I'm desiring to move in your life but I just need you to step into what I have for you Moses says you will send me I am unable. I am not capable. TJ, you want to help me tonight? I want you to come to this whiteboard. I'm going to show you something very simple here tonight. Okay, I want you to grab that marker. Two plus two. Write it down. Just two plus two. Okay, equals, come on. Ooh, whoa, you wrote the answer, man. No, no, I mean, you didn't write the answer. Okay, step back. Two plus two equals four. We agree on that, right? Draw me a circle. Draw me a square. Okay, who taught you that? Teachers, educators. You see, when TJ was little TJ, he didn't have this ability in himself. But someone else had the ability. And they said, listen, I see something in you that you don't even see in yourself. Uh, and I'm going to craft in you an ability to do uh, what, what I feel like you need to do. I'm going to craft in you the ability to, to, to educate you into things that you, you never knew. So someone sat down and taught T.J. McNeely that two plus two equals four. 
Someone sat down and taught T.J. McNeely how to draw a circle. Someone sat down and taught T.J. McNeely how to draw a square. And you say, what does this illustration mean? Is, is, is he never had the ability until he came in contact with someone that had the ability. You see, so often Moses, just like Moses, we say, I don't have the ability. I don't have what it takes. And God says, listen, I'm not asking you to be perfect. I'm just asking you to be teachable because I have the ability in me to show you, to walk you through every step of your life. You say, I don't know how to pray. My spirit will teach you how to pray. I don't know how to read your word. Well, if you open up your Bible, you begin to pray, ask God to reveal it to you, you'll find that the words will jump off the page uh, and you'll find his word is a lie. Well, God, I don't know how to speak in front of people. I don't know how to approach people. I don't know how to lay hands on someone uh, and encourage them. Uh, God said, listen, uh, I have the ability. Uh, I just need you to be willing uh, to be sent. Uh, I just need you to be willing uh, to sit in a place of prayer and say, God, educate me. Uh, let your Holy Spirit uh, doctrinate me. Uh, teach me in the way I should go because what we have, the reason why nobody's life is getting changed the reason why we don't see people healed hardly anymore is because we have a church that will say God my schedule does not allow me to learn the simplicity of the gospel my schedule does not allow me to be sent to the other nations of the world, my schedule does not permit me to get alone with you and allow you to teach my life, here's what I want you to know tonight uh, that God is still able God is still wanting uh, God is still desiring uh, he just needs someone that will say uh, I will step into what you have for me thank you TJ that's it it's simple simple someone had to teach him how to do this you see God is still anointing people to preach his word. He's still anointing people in intercession and, and to prophesy. God is still doing these things. My God never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? He was able yesterday. He's able today. And if he's able today, my God is able to do it tomorrow. If God healed me back in 1994, he's still able to heal me in 2021. My God is still able. If God could bring revival in 1906 uh, in, in, in Azusa Street, uh, my God is still able to bring revival in 2021. Uh, but what happened in Azusa and what's happening now is you had a group of people that say, God, I'll do what you want me to do. Uh, if you say send, uh, I'll be sent. Uh, if you say pray, I'll pray. Uh, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do uh, because you say you're a deliverer, I'm going to operate in deliverance. Uh, if you say you're a healer, I'm going to operate in healing. We have to come back to this place where action is required. We have to do something. I spoke last Wednesday about Elisha and how confident he had to be confident. We spoke Sunday morning really about the same thing. If hell knows who you are, why don't you know who you are in Christ? You got to be confident. And what, who, and what God has called you to be and who God has created you to be. 
You can't be afraid of what God is asking you to do. I want to show you something here tonight in Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10, if, if Landon will bring that up for us tonight. Romans chapter 10, beginning in, in verse 13. Very, very popular portion of scripture. It says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. That's great, right? How many wants people to be saved? Amen. I want lives to be transformed. But what does it say in the next two verses? Verse 14. It says this. Maybe. Yes. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Go to the next verse. And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings, uh, uh, glad tidings of good things. You say, what does this have to do with the message tonight? Uh, you see, salvation is available, but God still needs a preacher. Salvation is still accessible. God is still redeeming uh, people uh, and transforming lives. Uh, he says, but I still need a vessel. The Bible tells us in Judges chapter 7, uh, when Gideon has his 300 men, uh, the Bible doesn't tell him you need more men. He actually takes away men. Uh, what he says is you need to find some vessels uh, that you can put an oil lamp in uh, and you can put a, a trumpet in their hand and you need to break those vessels. Uh, you need some vessels that are on fire for me. You need some vessels, some people that are confident in who I am, confident in what I've called them to be. And he said, then you'll have victory. Then your nation will be free. Then your nation will be transformed. The Bible tells us in 2 Kings chapter 4, there's a woman that is in serious debt. Her husband is dead. And she comes to the prophet and she says, if I don't pay these debts, my children... Excuse me, they're going to be gone. They're going to be taken from me. They're going to be put in endurance servanthood. I don't know what to do. And the prophet says, listen, what do you have? She says, I have a little bit of oil. What does he tell her? He's saying I, I, there's, a, there's an ability here. There's an anointing here. But what does he instruct her to do? He says, get every vessel that is available to you and pour into those vessels. And when they are full, go and sell them and pay off the debt. What I want you to know, to know tonight is God is still pouring out anointing, but he's looking for some vessels. We're about to bring about freedom, to bring about restoration. The Bible said that she had so much that she paid off the debt and her children weren't in bondage. Where are the parents that will say, fill me up so my children don't have to live in bondage. Fill me up so I don't have to do what I've been doing. I don't have to go through uh, the relationship turmoil that I have with my son or my daughter. Uh, fill me up uh, so I can see a generation set free. They'll come to the music tonight. I'm not going to preach long. He says, I'm going to come down and deliver. But I need someone that will be a deliverer.
story of David and Goliath, we've, we've talked about it a lot, but I want you to understand something. Yes, there was a stronghold. Yes, there was a giant in the land. But there was still an anointing and there was a young man that said, I'm anointed. Like we preach Sunday and I'm going to act like I'm anointed. I want to ask you tonight, will you be what this nation needs? Will you be what this city needs? Will you be what this church needs? Will you be what your sons and your daughters and your grandchildren, your nieces and your nephews need? Will you be what your fathers and your mothers need? Will you be what God is calling you to be? You say, I don't have the ability. God says, I have the ability. I just need your availability. That is something that we have so little of in the church today. We say, we want all God's ability on display. We want the glory of God. We want, we want all these things to happen. He says, if you want my ability, you've got to have availability. Action is required. Action is required. The Bible tells us, if you'll stand with me across the house tonight, in John chapter 15 and verse 5, he says, I'm the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, I in him, and the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. Let me bring this to you. Just bring some clarity to this passage of Scripture. What Jesus is saying is, I'm the vine. I have the nutrients you need. I have, I have the gifts you need. I have the ability to form and cultivate your life and, into anything. I have the ability to make you fruitful. I'm talking spiritually here. I have the ability to make you spiritually prosperous and alive. But I want to ask you tonight, will we be the branches? Will we connect ourselves to the vine and say, grow us? Cultivate us. Make us what you want us to be. Don't believe. Don't believe the lies of the enemy. That has been the theme from last week. Sunday morning to tonight because what is happening in the American church is we're believing a lie that it is impossible we're incapable that God's just not moving the same way that he used to it's a lie all God is saying is I still I'm still pouring out my spirit the Holy Ghost is still accessible it's still available Everything that you need is still in the book. It's still found in prayer. But the reason why, why we feel like we're seeing so little is because there's action required. There's lessons to be learned. Paul tells the church, he says, listen, let the Holy Spirit 
be your teacher. And for the Holy Spirit to be your teacher, that means you have to spend time with him. Don't let the enemy rob you of your availability. Because if he robs you of your availability, you'll never see God's ability on display. So tonight, church, I'm going to call us to a place of prayer. And I want you to understand this. What we read tonight is God said, I'm going to come down. I'm going to deliver. But I just need a vessel. Pastor preached a few weeks ago on where is your yes? The prophet Isaiah, standing in the presence of God, God asked one question. Who will go? Who will I send? Isaiah answers in Isaiah 6, here am I. Send me. Action is required. With, I would encourage you to reach out to us and let us know. Our information's on the screen. And uh, 